Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I'm Corey CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Integrity Pro Consulting. Corey, you know what I love about Integrity Pro Consulting? What's that, Duke? Integrity Pro Consulting focuses on organizational change management as a distinct discipline of a deployment. I've seen it so many times. The project is complete, but nobody's bought in. You've been there, right? Absolutely. And that's because you haven't done any organizational change management. You're giving everybody the plan. Hey, your cheese is moving. Your cheese is moving. Your cheese is moving. And then all of a sudden, they're just supposed to be happy that it moved. (laughs) (laughs) Never happens. (laughs) Yeah. So Integrity Pro has their resources certified in specific OCM models and OCM, organizational change management. And they integrate that into their deployment methodologies. It really is a unique service offering. So if you want to try something different, you want to make sure your people are fully bought in and adopted at the end, give our friends IPC a shot. Uh, Link will be in the description below. All right, Corey, what are we talking about today? Yo, so today we're talking about nothing and everything all at the same time. <laughs> this is our first unstructured, unformatted episode. We're just kind of riffing about service now, getting together as we like to do sometimes when we don't record. And But this time we're going to record it. <laughs> That's right. And what you don't see behind the scenes is that Corey and I settle down for a recording. We're like, what do you want to do today, Corey? And we talk for an hour. And then somehow after an hour talking, we get it organized enough. But man, we just couldn't organize it enough today. So we're just going to yap. Yeah, we're just going to shoot the shit, it's, essentially. And it's going to be pretty fun. Cool. So, you know, first thing, I mean, I'll start with, right? Like, so Integrity Pro, organizational change management, right? Like, that is sorely, sorely, sorely underrated, right, in delivering a project. And, and I'll be honest, right? We're, we're not getting paid for this part of it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what, what I want to say is I've been on a lot of these projects, and I've sat through, like, all of this minutia around implementing ServiceNow and, and delivering. Right. And nothing was paid attention to how the business is going to actually intake all of this newness that we're creating and how they're going to integrate it into their lives and how the company's going to be better for it. So organizational change management, man, absolutely underrated on a project, absolutely necessary. And it's why there exists whole paradigms of thought that are separate from project management. It's like it's a separate thing. There's a way to make sure a project stays on schedule, on cost, and on time. And none of that. None of that necessitates that the customers are like, yeah, I can totally see why we changed this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh, but, you know, think of it like this too, right? Like if you've got kids, right? You obviously go through like that, the toddler phase, right? Once you get to the, kind of the toddler phase, like kids are very stuck in their ways. They love the things that they love. They hate the things that they hate. Your business is the same exact way. Right? And and when you introduce something new or take something old away, like they get up in arms, right? And your business is going to be the same way. So don't take away that nice, precious stuffy without explaining why the new dinosaur is better. Not to compare people who are involved in a project to infants or anything, right? It's a human nature thing. We're hardwired to find a equilibrium. We're hardwired to find yes. a comfort zone. Yes. Right. And all projects are changed in some way. And so people hate change. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, and it's, I hate when people do that whole, like the only thing that doesn't change is that there's change (laughs) as if it makes anything feel better. Right. 
Right. Right. Like your, your little axiom didn't help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, your house, your house burnt down. How would you like it if I just come over there? Like, the only thing in life is the, the, that's constant is change. <laughs> You're right. You might get punched in the jaw. That's right. You might lose teeth over that stuff, man. Like, Seriously. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So like, sometimes we don't focus on some of the things about a project that ultimately makes us successful. And that's one of the things, in my opinion, there's quite a few others. You know, we've, we've talked about quite a few of them on the show. Try not to fail is one of my favorites, right? And that's another, Try not another to good. Fail. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a good axiom to get you punched in the jaw, right? <laughs> <laughs> so when I interviewed the CEO of Integrity Pro Consulting for my YouTube channel, Mateen Rios, one of the things I was captivated by was this idea that some organizations are just better at changing than others. Oh, okay, that's another factor of the organizational change management discipline is how do I make it so that my company can change faster and not just Ew. faster, but I think we could just think about better too. Like, better. yeah, but it's such a delicate thing. Like the end point of a change is never really, I think that's why it's uncomfortable. It's like, is this going to be better or not? But yeah, everyone is always going to think it's going to be worse, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, that's just one thing I loved. And, you know, maybe we should have Mateen on and talk about this a lot more. Like what makes it so that an organization can change faster? What does it mean that an organization can change better? And by the way, like for all you guys listening, has any of your consultants ever like asked you that? Like, how does your company change? Dude, now now we're talking like we're into the meta, right? That's of right. project delivery. And, and like, this is one of my favorite aspects of it. I think it's one of the things that I uniquely bring to the table, you know, during my engagements. And that's partially because I spent 15 years working at an executive recruiting firm that focused a lot on what it takes to be successful in jobs. And one of the things that they understood really, really well was culture right? Business organizational culture. And ultimately, when I was working there, we had like a kick-ass culture. Dude, it was like a Roman legionnaire level uh, a loyalty, right? To, to this company. They could call me up while I was working there. And this has happened, right? They could call me up on the day of and say, hey, I need you to fly halfway across the world and take a laptop because we just bought a new office and uh, there's a guy there and we need to get him going. And mm -hmm. so we can't, we can't ship it quicker. So we need you to carry one in luggage. I was on the train on my way into the office and I was like, cool, I'll get off at the next stop. I'll head back home. I'll pack a go bag and then I'll head to the airport. And, and I mean, it was just like that. I mean, the, the, you know, that sounds kind of strange, right? If you haven't lived inside of that system, right? But if you've worked for that company at that time, like you would have did it too. It was just that good. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying, like having someone asking about the company, like what make them accept a change quicker or better or easier, or how quickly do they adapt to changes is, you know, something that should definitely come up. Man, that's a great topic too, just organizational culture. And maybe we can talk a little bit about ways culture has been the defining factor of either a success or a failure. Like I can go first. Um, yeah, go for it. It was one of my big re-architecture jobs and the culture was very <clears throat> mom and pop IT shop, small, underfunded. We just got to do what everybody asks. No real, like they weren't like the thought leadership engine of the company. It was their reactive, oh, Joe needs something extra. Give Joe something extra. So I had this mom and pop mentality. And then they combined that because they were hospitality, right? That was combined with a corporate back office mentality that everything in the back office should work the same as the front office. Oh. And that was just a known thing in the culture. They were proud of it. And it took an outsider like me to challenge it a bit to get IT back where it needed to go. 
because like at a hotel, a, a customer comes up to the concierge desk and says, can somebody here make me reservations at such and such a restaurant? The hotel is going to do exactly that. Right. You know what I mean? They're not going to ask, well, what kind of pizza do you like? And maybe you're not going to the right spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not like the paradigm doesn't work there. Holy cow. They want to go to this restaurant. I'm going to kick in the doors and get their reservations in the book. I'm right. going to do it. Ask me how fast you want it done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How right. many people? <laughs> now imagine taking that paradigm and putting it into something like, I don't know, software development, <laughs> right? Or deploying service now as wide as you can. Oh, disaster, man. disaster. And so that was a moment where I knew culture is going to make or break in this. And I don't think it can't attribute it to malice, right? It's no. just the way they acted. And it just, in this case, it, it wasn't an optimal thing. So in that case, I resisted that culture. You're not a hotel guest. This isn't about providing you exactly what you ask for. It's about providing exactly what you need. And there's sometimes a difference. Quite often, there's a difference, especially in the back office of a company, right? Everyone wants the gold standard, but sometimes the gold standard is not what's necessary for you to get your job done. And in those cases, like we got to give you what you need because there are other people who need things too. And resources are, are not infinite. Totally with you on that one, dude. My situation around that would be at a um, previous company where I've done an implementation and they had this culture of, it was very button up, very resistant to change. They were very scared to fail and everything took, you know, a lot of buy-in in order to get it done. Even just the smallest things. Coming in from as an outsider, I viewed this culture as like, there's no wonder why you're failing all the time, right? There's just no ability inside of this culture for anyone to succeed. Everyone is scared to offer suggestions. Everyone has been with this company for dozens and dozens of years, and no one wants to stick their head up and take any leadership or any um, accountability. So when we came in, it was really difficult to build a product for them that could get them the innovation that they claimed that they wanted and the improvement that they claimed that they wanted, while also try to adhere to all of the, the detrius of the past. It's, it's like we were just talking about, about change, right? Like everybody claims they want it, nobody actually wants to actually do the work to get it. And so th this is one of those situations. And what we did is we, we delivered the best for them that we could, and they loved it in all truthfulness, but it wasn't the best that we could have delivered. And mm -hmm. that always hurts a little bit, right? Because we could have done some really, really great things for these folks, you know, if they would just given us the chance to change their internal culture a little bit, right? To be more accepting, but they weren't willing. And so ultimately they got a decent product where they could have got a great one. That's tough, eh? Like knowing what's possible, but having to be satisfied with it just works. Yeah. That's a great way of summing it up. <laughs> <laughs> it burns me too. It's just, oh, it could have been so awesome. But it's in, then it's kind of like, who's right? Because if it's going to be two times more awesome at 10 times the cost, you know, yeah, no, you're wrong. <laughs> like, it's fine the way it is. It's better because it's worse. The funny thing about this one, Duke, is that it costs more to deliver less. Had they just let us do our thing and deliver like we outlined to them when we pitched it, it would have been great. And it would have called, we would have been on budget, on time, everything. We actually had to go out of our way in order to accommodate some of the roadblocks that they put in front of us. So the project ended up taking longer, ended up costing more. Hmm. It's just a great example of companies that won't get out of their own way in order to attain success. And they wonder why they fell all the time. It's like, because you keep putting failure in, in the road. The road was clear and you just went and grabbed failure from the side and just threw it in front of a, in, in front of your path. And like, <laughs> oh, I tripped. <laughs> well, no shit, you put the hole there. 
<laughs> I, I don't know. I, I still get a little upset about this one a little bit because it's, it's just crazy. I mean, I, it would suck less if I didn't see it so often. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure you've seen the same, Duke, when you go into an, an organization and you're looking at a project and, you know, you immediately see all of the areas where this can be improved. And as soon as you start pitching that, you get all of this resentment and you're like, well, what the fuck you hire me for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still don't know how to fix that one. So one of the other things, Duke, that I was looking at, man, and I know we've talked about docs on the show before and we, we've often compared docs to wiki and not favorably so let's be honest <laughs> i'm going to be uh, say a very favorable thing about docs and related to the wiki is that now when i go on docs i often find myself going down the rabbit hole just like i did on the wiki and ah, that nice and, and that right that's no small thing because i could spend hours back in the and maybe it was too i was a lot younger in the ecosystem then too so you know, a lot more inquisitive about it. I could spend hours on the wiki back in the day. Now I find myself spending a considerable amount of time, like down the docs rabbit hole. And I think it's a good thing. And I really appreciate service now putting so much energy into this to kind of make it better and not only make it better, but make it alluring in a way that makes me want to discover knowledge. So that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. I've been on the docs bandwagon for a bit. When it first came out, I was very much like, oh, where's the wiki? Um, <laughs> me too. I downloaded the wiki, dude. I got a copy of the wiki on my hard drive yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. I still think it's like a little bit light on the media side compared yeah. to wiki. Like wiki, they walk you step by step through stuff with screens, right? And that was yes. awesome. And so I realized that's not strictly Doc's purpose, but I think some of the stuff that is brought is more useful in other ways, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. You can look at a document for, say, instant scan, right? Yep. Which gets better every version, but you could basically say, well, we're in Quebec now. What did this look like in you know, versioning? Yes. Yeah. In, in New York. <laughs> like, what was this in New York? And you could go back on different pages. Or uh, did it exist in that instance, right? That version. Like, that's a real good key. Did it exist in this version that my client is currently on? Yeah. Um, because they might be looking, you know, someone might have read this from their team and want, and want a feature, and that feature doesn't exist in the version of ServiceDown that they're currently running. Yeah. Their top pages are actually pretty slick too. Like if I, you just go to like the knowledge management top page and it's got, yes. it does a great job of showing you like the bulk of the stuff that's under the surface of the water. Yeah. It is a great pull together of all of the various topics and putting them in front of you so you can yeah. get to where you're going a little quicker. And, and I love that they just have, you know, they always have the, like this one link upgrade to, right? Like from the previous version to the next one, Quebec's obviously the, the latest version. So if you're looking at something, Paris or whatever. It's always that upgrade to Quebec, right? That it kind of yeah. gives you the lay of the land and a quick things that you need to look out for. Actually, you bring up a good point. We were talking about Quebec because Quebec just came out, but Rome <laughs> is like right around the corner and yeah. Wiki had nothing compared to Docs' release notes. Yeah, true. I mean, to some extent, Docs needs to be better because the releases are just <laughs> right? so much bigger. So much right? bigger. Gosh, it's like a whole new app every time. Dude, like I can't keep up anymore. I know, and we've talked about this on the totally. pod too. But yeah. man, I, like I, I am, I'm, I'm dragging. I'm trying. But I I'm know. Dragging. Man. Like the other thing too is like it, when I do my release videos, I'm constantly looking for things that that are bite sized, right? I'm not looking to yeah. like oh let's deconstruct the entirety of this new app, right? Right. Because that would take hours. I just want to take it this bite sized new thing, like um, like the whole like show on status report. It's a single checkbox in all the RIDAC records. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Revolutionizes status reports, and I'm just like, that's that's the thing I want to make videos about those tiny things in each process. Dude, and I feel like I spent hours and hours and hours when I started Quebec, and then even now we're sitting in the Dev MVP Slack channel, and somebody's like, "Hey, did you know that Change has this new thing?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, uh, I haven't it, looked at Change Man in so long. Me either, but it's just someone comes along and just like, "Oh yeah, I just used whatever in the Change Management." I'm like, "What the hell is that?" Right? Like I never saw that when I was looking through the release notes and go back. Sure enough, there it is. It's just, just there's so it. much little stuff. And so anyways, what I was going to say was that docs, once you get there, this phenomenal treasure trove of release data. Yes. New things for every process. Just different ways to slice and dice it, right? Yeah. Um, the trick is getting there. My God, <laughs> I don't think I ever like did a one click, get to the Quebec release notes once ever. I was always like, get to the docs. I'm like, how do I get to the Quebec release notes? And then I get to, I invariably, I'd always get to a page. It's like, here's how you use the Quebec release notes. I'm like, yes. no, no, take me to the page with the release notes on it, please. <laughs> I, just, like, I want to go up one level. Like, where's my little crooked arrows? I just want to go up one level. <laughs> like, there should be. I, I, I wish on docs there would be one giant icon. You know what yes. I mean? On docs, there for like a month post release. Yes. Like, here's the release notes. Press the big button. Yes. Well, you know, it takes up like four thir- four fifths of the entire screen, and the remaining one fifth is like tiny little arrows pointing at the big button. <laughs> <laughs> Everything goes through here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, man, I'm with you 100. percent I I often find myself ended up on Docs after like a Google search because Google's my homepage, right? Like not literally, but literally. Uh-huh. And so you know, end up, in, but you always end up in a related area to what you're looking for. Not necessarily the specific thing, but something around the edges of what you're looking for. And that's what causes the rabbit hole, right? Because then it's like, oh, well, what's this? This looks kind of interesting. I didn't know it, it would do this. But then, you know, 15 minutes later, you're like, shit, what did I come here for? dude i just went to docs and now they got the big button for the quebec release <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah i know what you're talking about real like, time man real time they heard this right now and yeah. boom, built it just that for you work fast DevOps, dude <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna run a quick test right now because I, I think i know what you're saying about the you land near your target but there's such a vast area around that you yeah so i just entered like time card management yeah yeah, like the search results are getting way, way better. And then like if I'm in time card management, they have that kind of like hierarchical list on the side. Yeah. So I could see time card management is under the IT business management. When, right. And, let's make no mistake here. That's getting harder and harder to figure out. Yeah, no, like, agree. Where is Like what license type do I need to take care of the coaching module, right? Oh, fuck, man. I don't like, even where talk to me. Where is yeah. that thing? <laughs> yeah. And like, so... And- I love how the, these things are contextualized a bit. There's way more feedback mechanisms in Wiki. You know, they get the, the thumbs up, thumbs down. They got the yeah. like, comment, get yep. notified when this page changes. Yeah, they got share icon. You can, you, you know, you can share this out to, you know, I don't know where you want to share it to, but you can always share it. <laughs> but let's talk about annoyances, right? So they fixed one of these. I no longer get that annoying refresh that happens when you click in on an article and then it's like a double refresh or something like that happens. I don't get that anymore. But what I do get is this freaking prompt to log in all the time. And I don't want to log in. Look, Docs, I love you. I don't want to log in. I just want the information that I want to get. There's nothing here for me to log into. If if I feel like I need to to keep up with it, I'll download it or I'll bookmark it. 
right? But I don't want to log in and save it to my profile and then have to try right. to find where it goes in my profile. So I remember it used to be a pop-up, right? Yeah. It's not a pop-up anymore. It looks like it's just, it's off to the side and you can close it. Is it now? Yeah. As of like five seconds ago, I tested it, but. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's some AB testing or something going on because I still got a pop-up. Mm. It pop, Are you it on pops your mobile up. though? Or? No, on the laptop. And it pops up in the, in the middle of the screen towards the bottom. And it's like, boom, right there. No. So yeah. I'm thinking about a way to like wrap this all together too, right? Because we talked about organizational change management and company culture and docs and Rome being right around the corner. Yeah. Let's talk about ways to make upgrades easier. <laughs> like right. the fact that there's like the velocity is so high, right? It's not a bad thing, but it feels harder now. Maybe I just got to stick it back and, and, and it's like, bam, Rome just came out. And it's like, on top of all the other crap I got to do in my day, now I got to catch up on the Rome features so that I can prep for when we deploy to Rome. And those version jumps, because they're so huge, it's a scarier proposition. So yeah, agreed. I want to test this stuff and I want to test it hard, but testing stuff is like, oh, that's like a month long project. Yeah, it is. I mean, it absolutely is. And, and you got to do it, right? Because maybe as you have a, if you have a, a immature instance, right? Like then you, you can get away with, you know, only a little bit of testing, but as your instance matures and you start using much more of the platform, right? Like upgrades matter from the perspective of giving you new features that you might've built instead, but also mm -hmm. in the sense of, you know, potentially breaking features that you've already built, right? Or changing the way that they work. I shouldn't say breaking, yeah. but maybe changing the way that they work. And so testing matters in that and having a, an appropriate upgrade plan, right? Instance upgrade plan is essential. I've built this for clients before for quite a few of them, right? And I think it works out pretty well, them having a plan and then going through and ticking off like every, like literally line items and, and making sure that, okay, we looked at this, but this doesn't apply, this applied, we checked it, uh, we, you know, we, oh, this caused a defect. We had to fix that. We fixed it, remediate it, test it again. We're good. You know, you got to have that plan. You got to go through those, those steps. Otherwise you find yourself in a situation where you break something and you might not notice that you broke it into two upgrades down the line. If it's a little used feature. Yeah. You mentioned in there something that keeps something off in my head. If I'm going to spend that amount of time, the goal can't be, okay, I was in Quebec. Now I'm in Rome. Yay. What did I get for that labor? Oh, yeah. Aside, aside from compliance, right? So right. I, I, this thing about you should always have stuff and it, you don't have to do it during the upgrade because that's a terrible idea. Like upgrade and leverage new features simultaneously, like exercise some patience. But when you're planning your upgrade, start looking at things you can capitalize on. Like if I'm a ServiceNow customer going from Paris to Quebec, I can't do the alphabet backwards. <laughs> yeah, believe it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, Paris to Quebec, yes. <laughs> so if I was going from Paris to Quebec and I was using ITBM, I'd for darn sure want a battle plan. Just after I move from Paris to Quebec, I want to have that show on status report. Yeah, like, absolutely. Use docs. As soon as, you, as soon as docs brings up the Rome release, spend a ton of time there. Yeah. Spend a ton of time there. So that as you plan out the labors for moving your instance from version one to version two, you can have a map out of the new features you want to exploit. Because there's tons of good stuff. It's not it's not all just new apps. 
It's stuff within old apps that's changed and made things easier, smoothed things out, added more nuance and power. So use docs, build out your battle plan for post-implementation and make your stakeholders super happy. Be that proactive architect, right? Absolutely. And and Oh, wait, 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 wait. Proactive, vendor agnostic, freelance architect. For architect. <laughs> We're just going to keep adding letters to this thing, guys, until it takes off. Yeah. Path for architect. <laughs> I love this one. So start hashtagging this and save us and save the alphabet. Seriously. Oh, man. No, but you're, you're absolutely right. And this, to me, is where this kind of harkens back a little bit to, towards organizational change management and culture, right? Where the idea of having a, an internal champion slash evangelist comes into play because that person is typically a person who's going to keep up to uh, up to date on what ServiceNow has coming down the pipe. And they're already spreading the word internally on, oh my God, we got to get to Rome because Rome's going to turn, like when you click the submit button, everybody's going to get like a thousand gold pieces, right? And <laughs> and they're already like spreading that around the, the company to everybody who counts and matters and gets getting them excited, right? And so that when, you know, it comes to instance upgrade time, like it's not looked at as a chore, but it's looked at as an opportunity, right? Yeah. And, and then so... That is absolutely essential, in my opinion. Just kind of going a little further down this rabbit hole, you honestly cannot run a successful ServiceNow instance without an internal evangelist slash champion, whatever you want to call the, the position, because somebody has to own and love this thing in order for it to be successful, right? It is more than just a typical tool, and it will languish by the wayside and deteriorate if it doesn't have the appropriate level of attention and enthusiasm placed around it, right? So that should be one of the first things you do when, as an architect or pro-architect <laughs> coming into a, an engagement, right? Is identify that person, man, and put a battery in their back. They're already excited, man. Jumpstart them. You know, that's what we're, this, that's, this is the, the thing. And maybe I'm a little biased, right? Because I was that person before I went independent and I'm all, I'm still that person now as an architect. When I get into a client, I still love this shit, man. And that, that enthusiasm can be contagious and that can, and that enthusiasm can change the tides of an engagement as well. I'll tell you what though, there's still this barrier where even enthusiasm is going to meet with the hard work of upgrading. Oh, this is damn right. realism, Duke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 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 priming for a I'm priming for a for a for two shout outs. I'm priming right. for two shout outs. <laughs> One is a CJ and the Duke legacy sponsor, dotwalk.io. The All makers right. of Bootstrap, right? So yeah. if we're talking about, hey, let's test everything before we upgrade, that's not inconsequential. That's actually a pretty laborious task. And I may have been Agreed. really lowballing at it a month. Testing everything. I mean, it just looks fine on paper. It's like one line, test everything. Right. I'm just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> everything? We spend our entire week essentially building on ServiceNow. Right. What do you mean everything? Yes, using testing is probably using ServiceNow ATF. ATF gets better and better and better and better, but the slowest part is still making the test cases. And dotwalk.io has that AI to essentially look at your data history and build you the ATF cases for you. 
So it's not even a new different test framework. It's just get the ATF tests built faster, which right. will make these upgrades a lot less crazy. The other team I'd shout out to is the Automate Pro crew. And we'll put a link in the description about a presentation they did on priming your instance for upgrades. And they've basically just broken the whole thing down, processed it out, showing you where you can gain from automation and where you can't. And then, of course, using their Automate Pro Suite, which is a great way of running through the whole definition of the test all the way to the documentation, all the way to visual evidence of whether or not the test was successful from a process perspective, not like a tech perspective, right? Right. So that's a, a great tool if you're looking to take these massive upgrades and just chop them down to size. And, and you know what? Just get them out of your way. <laughs> I love ServiceNow. I love upgrading ServiceNow, but I don't want, you know, essentially what, two releases a year and at best a month of prep. Like yeah. that means I've got a little less than 20% of my year is basically spoken for in upgrades. No, thanks. I'd rather do something awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally spot on with this. So take something that's, you know, a a um, routine kind of task, right? And and make it even more routine and make it even more efficient, right? Like by utilizing the tools that are out there to help you get through this, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and with the side effect that it will actually encourage you to do the upgrade so you don't fall behind. Yeah. So if you're like us, you're a ServiceNow expert and you're just like, I, I want to do profoundly awesome things on ServiceNow. I just yeah. need to make sure that my changes get done faster. My my right. my upgrades get done faster. Take a look at dotwalk.io. Take a look at Automate Pro. Also take a look at our episode sponsor, Integrity Pro Consulting, because they might have a thing or two to say about the change involved in moving from version to version. So definitely yeah. there'll be a link below. Be sure to check them out as well. Yeah, no doubt. Check them out in the show notes. All right, we are at 35 minutes of record. You think we should call it a day? Man, dude, this is uh, this turned out to be a pretty good episode, man. <laughs> we, we spent, you know, just, you know, like you said, about an hour putzing around in our uh, Trello board, right, where we have our show, show ideas and kind of refining things. It's kind of almost like an, an agile uh, process, but not. And, you know, we came out, and I think this turned out pretty well. Yeah, we're really interested in hearing what you guys thought about this episode. So please, wherever you're consuming this content, be sure to leave a comment. Uh, if you liked it, please reshare it. If you didn't like it, please let us know what was working and what's not working. And once again, I am Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I'm Corey, CJ Wesley. And special thanks to IPC for sponsoring this episode. Amen. Amen.